everyone and welcome to the competition law podcast of the general digest for competition and innovation laws today we have with us mr veena setia ms setia is presently an associate at shardul amarchand mangaldas and co with the competition law team she has completed her llb from general global law school and later pursued her llm from university of cambridge where she was a prakriba m singh and wilson college scholar thank you for joining us today ravina my pleasure thank you for having me yeah so the topic for today's discussion is competition law regulations in digital markets so as we all know that the competition act 2002 is a little bit older right now and the whole legislation was drafted on the lines of traditional markets and the idea of how normal stores and normal markets work so it never emphasized the idea of platform and online forums so given this situation what do you think whether the existing competition law framework is adequate adequate to tackle the new challenges that come with digital markets i think that's a very well posed question i think that if you look at the way at least the indian competition act is structured it's an extremely wide frame for example it says that you will curb or you will make it illegal to have abuse of dominance dominance is defined in a very broad way markets can be defined in a very broad way even if you look at anti competitive agreements if you look at just section 31 stand alone it says that you will not enter into an anti competitive agreement then you can go into like vertical or horizontal if you look at the specific section subsequently but the wording of the legislation itself is quite wide so i think you need some amendments definitely but you don't really need a new regime completely to cope and i think the present regime has a 70% capability if applied correctly now where are the actual loopholes and where is the uh, gap coming in here from i think the first thing is that when you look at tech markets like you rightly said the regime initially was introduced for more traditional markets we were looking at um crops grains cement coal you know these were traditional things where you saw someone's market share there were a couple of normal companies and you would be able to assess in a very clear manner who's dominant who's not here's a tender here's how it was awarded etc today you have made a gradual shift to uh, an industry uh, or rather a world where data is your prime commodity it is the users who are being traded in a way we are the commodities our attention is the commodity and you are looking at these organizations that are multinational that are working in such varied manners from cloud data and computing to servers to actual apps to actual software development etc and the aftermath so they are so all encompassing that no regime in the world was really made to look at it in a holistic way so the way the gap really exists in understanding how to tackle these entities and what we can really do is increase our own understanding and the regulators understanding of such data driven platforms the way e-commerce works the way we look at the tech industry as a whole the other lacuna that exists not just in the competition commission but competition laws everywhere is that we've always looked at competition law in a very traditionally geographical manner if you look at the eu also they don't go beyond the eu when they come to actually enforcing they may consider the market to be worldwide but their remedies are always eu specific 
the same thing applies in india we will never impose a remedy that goes beyond our territorial borders because that's how we look at the idea of sovereignty right which is in a territorial manner but today if you're looking at big tech companies they are global in their nature they don't stop in india they are controlling using servers and companies which are based in various jurisdictions they are controlling other jurisdictions so when you have a very traditional geographical way of looking at competition law and enforcement you will fall short and what you really need is global cooperation amongst all these entities maybe a global level body that will sit and actually consider each and every company in a specific manner and then think of things that they can do which will have a global impact because the stuff these companies are doing is not restricted to one jurisdiction it is worldwide so there is no reason why one specific enforcer should look at it in a different manner than the other the concerns are broadly the same right so we require two things really we require one is geographically looking at it broadly second thing we require is technical experts and you know that expertise to really be able to examine these markets and beyond that i think we just need a more robust mechanism to review and enforce but that's just a generic thing for every uh, market but for these markets i think these are the two broad things we need and not a complete overhaul of the regime Yes, I completely agree with you, Ravina, because we can see that all these uh, big tech firms like Amazon, Google, Facebook, they're being prosecuted all across the globe and not just any one jurisdiction because of how wide their ambit is currently. So as we know, in a lot of new jurisdictions, there's a new concept of strategic market status or the SMS status. This is replacing the dominant position category in a lot of antitrust legislations currently in terms of the uh, entire digital market scenario. So can you shed some light for all of us on this shift in defining the terms? Okay, I feel like a teacher, so please stop me if I'm being very preachy. <laughs> But see, the concepts are, and like, I'm really sorry. I used to do competition moots as a student. So I became that person who would write on the blackboard and like understand it for myself from my domestic and international competition moots. Um, so just to explain dominant position, and for those people hopefully listening who probably don't know, the way dominance is defined in economics, you know, is a position of strength or market power, which you have to exercise in a market. Um, where you have the ability to act independent of your suppliers, your competitors, and eventually even your customers. So when you define dominance in that way, the key word you look at is to act independently. And that's such a high threshold if you look at it. I may have market power, but at the end of the day, I also need my consumers. I also need to see what my competitors are doing. I may be influenced by them, but acting independent of them is not easy. And it's a very, very high threshold to meet right it's only really traditionally big companies who've been able to actually meet that threshold of dominance and have actually been prosecuted for then therefore the abuse of that dominance so traditionally when you approach a competition law case the way it really works just to take even two steps back from dominance is you first look at a relevant market a relevant market is defined in two parts one is the product and one is the geography right so first you look at what exact product is this company in what does it do so for example if i am making beverages you will see where is my 
where are my markets where am i actually active is it aerated non aerated even in aerated you will see which is the narrowest possible definition i can be put into right so it could be dark colored aerated drinks if you think that that is not substitutable with light colored aerated drinks so it depends on the way that particular product is looked at by consumers by competitors and how it's received right so now if i have defined the market in this like black colored aerated drinks market then i look at the geography now the geography need not be country wide it can be city wide it can be region wise it can even be sector wise like if you look at an airline bombay to delhi will be one market because it's one sector so similarly you define a geographic market once you've done this assessment then you see who are the players here that's then your step 2 to check dominance right in that particular black cold drink market in delhi right so now i will check who are the other players now in that i will see is there any one player who has the ability to actually act independent of everybody else right so can coca cola today market and price its products irrespective of what a competitor is doing what you know consumers want and only when you come to that it doesn't matter if coca cola even has 90% market shares right because market shares are not the only way to look at it you will look at whether or not the conduct itself is independent or influenced when you meet that high threshold then step 3 this is also not where it ends then step 3 is to check whether coca cola is doing something which actually abuses that dominance and what is that abuse you will see whether coca cola has actually entered into any agreement which benefits itself to the detriment of its competitors its consumers its suppliers etc which distorts competition in its favor has it priced its products so high that you know it is a detriment to consumers and other competitors can't meet it has it done actions which would lead to a reduction in innovation in that market you know and various other aspects so it's only when you look at all these things that is when you will come to assess whether coke is actually abused its dominance now this is your traditional very lengthy process it is imagine like 3000 times lengthier than the time it took me to explain it to you now you look at sms or strategic market status right in digital markets if i were to go by the normal abuse of dominance you can just imagine how long it would take me to even figure out what the market is because today you have big tech companies like google and apple and you know facebook etc that are present in so many spheres that we don't even have an idea about traditionally you know that yes apple manufactures smartphones and it has ios devices but today its reach is a lot more i think it's even in smart watches you will look at ipads you will look at earphones you will look at chargers i mean you name it and they're there and there are so many other hidden markets that they don't even advertise so if i were to go into specific markets today it would take me centuries to come up with a dominance let alone abuse of dominance assessment so a strategic market status in digital markets has been developed by i think it was the cma in the uk first the eu also has something similar now and it's only been developed last year it was very recent the idea is to see whether there is any particular entity in a particular product market which has significant market power right and the threshold when you say significant market power is already a lot lesser than acting independently from somebody right and you have to see whether this particular entity has a strategic position in the market so you are not seeing whether they've actually distorted competition whether they have the market share and all of that you are just seeing based on your assessment of what you think is a strategic market position you are going to say i have identified x player and 
Now, the way it's envisaged by at least the CMA and the EU is that once they've identified this strategic market player, this person will be treated like a gatekeeper of that particular product market. And then they will have to maybe follow certain higher thresholds or maybe enter into dialogues with regulators with respect to whatever their actions are. And then accordingly, in a more collaborative manner, they will try to ensure that whatever the product or service being offered is, is going to be offered at a more fair and reasonable um, term to people. So maybe the status is, I don't know, it's my guess that maybe they are envisaging SMS to be similar to, you know, someone produ producing the essential facility doctrine. So for example, in medicines, if you see, if I am manufacturing a particular drug and my drug is essential for you to even use and make a better drug, then I am giving you something which is an essential facility. Then the requirement on me is to give it to you on a fair and reasonable and non-discriminatory basis. So I think they are trying to transport that concept into these players where the obligations will be similar, but the way to assess may be slightly even lower as a threshold. Now we don't know uh, what the particular aspects they're going to consider are, but a good guess to make is that it's going to be similar to dominance where you look at market share, you look at conduct, etc. But you, while considering the same aspects, you will not look at independence, but you would look at a strategic position. So that's the real difference here. But we still have to wait and see how it's actually going to be implemented in real life. Maybe what we're hoping is not how it is and it actually falls short of what we've been promised. But we'll only know that once we see an actual case which involves an entity defined so. Yes, that's that's completely uh, correct because this is still a very nascent topic to discuss for now. So coming to India, so we have really trending cases like the WhatsApp privacy policy case and the Go Vivo and Make My Trip case where all these platform markets are being uh, under scanner of the CCI currently for abusing their dominance. So uh, what do you think like this is a very guess question, right? So what do you think? How is the CCI going to proceed with these cases and like looking at how CCI has been dealing with such cases in the past? Okay, so firstly, I think these cases have come up on the forefront. I think WhatsApp especially is something really interesting because the CCI took cognizance itself. Nobody came and complained about the privacy policy. They noticed it. They saw another jurisdiction that was already looking into it. I think it was Germany. And then they decided to follow suit and look into the privacy policy. So that itself is a great step forward because it shows that they are trying to, you know, buck up and they are trying to consider these tech markets and what's really happening. Make My Trip and iVivo is also interesting because it is a case where a complaint was uh, definitely, you know, lodged. But at the same point of time, the CCI has given an interim relief to Tribo and I think it's Fabotels, the other two entities, which, you know, uh, were the on the receiving end. So even till the CCI comes up with its final decision, Make My Trip iBibo will have to actually list these, you know, hotel chains on its website, which I think is a really, really huge step forward because the CCI has decided that we are not going to waste time. We know we may take time to investigate, but we will give these people relief in the meantime. You know, and I think that is just really exceptional for a regulator to do and take cognizance of. Um, even if you look, forget these two, I mean, today, if you look at Google, uh, recently CCI has launched a third investigation against it, which is on licensing of Android for smartphones. So it's really showing that 
the CCI is in fact trying to take steps forward. Um, how will these cases move now? That's question number two. If you look at any of the opposite parties, be it WhatsApp, be it Facebook, be it uh, Make My Trip, be it even Google, they don't stop at all till they've exhausted every single legal remedy. You can even look at Flipkart, you can look at Amazon, any case, Monsanto, even if you look at traditional cases, right? These companies, they mean business, they are big, they care about their reputation. So they are not going to stop. They're not going to just accept anything CCI tells them to do. They're going to fight every step of the way. You saw Make My Trip and IBBO did file a writ, but it was unsuccessful. Google filed a writ literally last week. This week is when the hearing happened and the order came out where they said that the CCI had leaked the DG report, right? And then they in fact came to a compromise where they said that we will continue with it, but it sets a tone for the CCI that, you know, these people are not going to stop in any case. WhatsApp also went all the way up to the high court. Sorry, they didn't stop. Definitely Flipkart and Amazon went up to Supreme Court. But, you know, again, they said that the CCI will actually have cognizance and they will be able to look into these matters. So that's their uh, thought process all the time, right? Which is why um, these cases are not going to be solved very, very simply. They will take time. They will require a lot of patience and perseverance by the CCI to actually come up with a, even an answer whether or not these companies have in fact abused their dominance. I mean, if you look at it, the CCI has not even made its determination. Yet these companies get so angsty about it because they really um, dread that type of damage that will come to their reputation. And they really want to try to protect themselves at no barring cost you know so that's going to be the issue and i think it's because of this nature of these players and it's not something new with big tech that you see it's every player from the history of time in any case that you look at i mean you know even in cases where there was a cartel and a leniency like the beer cartel for example i mean the the investigation began in 2018 everybody admitted to being in the cartel but the order still took till literally last week to actually be published, right? Which is 2021. So we are taking three years where people are giving us the evidence and confessing to the crime also. So I think the fate of these cases is really unknown. We don't know what the CCI will come up with, but the one guaranteed thing is that the answers will not come soon. And the only way to make the system more robust is to make it a bit more collaborative. So these companies are not always up in arms against a regulator and they themselves want to work with the regulators to find answers. Yeah, and I think also the fact that in EU, so many of these big tech players have been, you know, levied fines against us, they're actually really scared because the costs are abundant for them when it comes to paying all these fines and monetary damages. So now we'll move on to our last question for today, which is related to the merger control regime for digital markets. So in retrospect, I think a lot of regulators regret the fact that of the entire Facebook Instagram merger, which has made Facebook even more stronger than anything back in the day, right? So given the decision in the Facebook in Instagram merger as a as an example, what do you think uh, should be the next step forward for regulators in, in terms of merger control for digital markets? 
and also like recently in india there's the clrc report which suggests certain certain measures such as a deal value threshold and last week for the asocham conference mr ashok kumar gupta also stated that you know new legislations new amendments are in order for the competition law merger control regime so what do you think and how can these these changes actually help the entire scenario so i think your the clrc report was a great starting point because the clrc was formed by people who are in the profession day and night apart from government officials so it really helped because you know the regulators were able to see um true problems and really address them so i think one thing which is yes deal value thresholds which is being proposed and i think was accepted in the bill also is really phenomenal um that will really make sure that a change in thresholds means more and more deals come under the spectrum a second sort of solution could be mandatory filing of combinations that involve certain big tech companies for example if you use the sm uh, uh, sms threshold in india then any company which has been defined to have that strategic impact must necessarily notify a merger so that will ensure that any future deal that they enter into is thoroughly reviewed even if it doesn't follow a specific threshold or not right another solution and i think a very important one looking at facebook instagram also is that we need to have a global review which is a joint review we cannot really continue reviewing transactions on a territory specific basis right because in this case what happens is that people try to pursue things with a specific regulator and they try to get out of commitments they try to get out of more stringent terms but if you have a review on a more global basis where one or two representatives from you know key jurisdictions meet and they assess that merger together keeping in mind whatever specific geographical concerns there are we may come up with faster and more robust mechanisms to actually curb certain mergers which later may prove to be detrimental for consumers and other competitors and innovation at large um another important thing i think is to have technical experts who are able to not just do sector specific analysis but are also able to look at big tech companies one by one in a more streamlined and effective manner for example you have a group of people that are purely dedicated to looking into apple you have a group of people purely dedicated into google into facebook into maybe microsoft or any other company that you think falls under this threshold that way those people will have the expertise of knowing how a particular company functions you know purely and properly and i think that will lead to better solution making today if you see the worst thing we can do in our competition act is to break up a company however breaking up companies like this is not going to be the solution because nobody really knows the impact of that breakup today somebody has servers sitting in ukraine which are controlling things happening in india the management of a company is sitting in the us so even if you break up that company on a territorial level you are not going to be able to fathom firstly what you are doing secondly you may cause more harm than good and thirdly it may be completely ineffective as a solution as opposed to that if you have people who know this company and its functioning in and out and exactly what is happening where you may be able to come up with a better collaborative way of assessing any damages and get the company to agree to commitments beforehand which i think will really help in an overall situation right 
merger control can't simply be a form where you're just filling things blankly and you know someone is looking at it merger control for tech markets and for big tech companies especially needs to become a more collaborative effort which should yield correct results which benefit consumers and don't harm these big companies also in the long run because our aim is not to punish them but our aim is to regulate them in a way that benefits each and every one of us so i think we should look at that perspective and then the solutions will come automatically thank you so much for uh, shedding a lot of light in this ravina i think that's the end of the segment today and uh, we really thank you it was lovely having this conversation with you thank you guys thank you for your time